What's up guys, Jordan here, something very different for you today. We are joined by Jermaine Francois, who's a member of the Affluent Academy and he's scaled an OnlyFans agency to 20K a month. Interesting niche, even more interesting story. So let's just get into it. So obviously that's marketing is all I've done for the last two, three years. Um, and I just saw like, wow, okay, I could actually probably do a decent job in this industry. What is that agency making now on a monthly basis? So in October, we did around eight, eight and a half profit. This month in November, I'm expected to do 12. So I'm going to go more aggressive with with the OnlyFans agency over the next few months. What's up, guys? Jordan here. Today, we're joined by Jermaine from Invoke Marketing, a member of the Affluent Academy. Actually got two agencies now killing it. Unorthodox niche. Uh, one of the agencies is an OnlyFans agency, which is really interesting to explore today. And um, first of all, Jermaine, thank you for being here, man. I know you've, you've been in the ecosystem for a long time, so it's great to have you on. And I would love it, just a bit of backstory for, for the people that are watching this that don't know you yet. I'd love to know what you were doing beforehand that brought you up to the point of actually starting and deciding to start an agency. Yeah, for sure. Um, to be honest, I come from a similar background to you, in all realness. Um, but I did finish university. I basically used to play professional football. Football didn't work out. Um, and then I kind of looked up my next options then. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Went to university, did like a business marketing degree. Did events management over there in like nightclubs, promoting. I learned a lot about sales through there. And then um, I basically graduated and still didn't know what I wanted to do. So kind of went for the whole uni experience and still didn't know what career path. Long story short, I went into like recruitment, um, like sales recruitment in central London into a, like a corporate, it was like a digital agency that I worked on the recruitment front for all them. Was doing it, working in sales, it was very intense, corporate sales, long hours, absolutely miserable. And then COVID hit and I got made furlough. So with that furlough money, I basically used that money into like a few courses. I used it into like domains to start like my Gmail, for example, or G Suite. And I just started going with my last bit of furlough money. I think it was about a thousand pounds, 1100 pounds. Got paid like 70%. Yeah. And I got made all this time basically to do what I wanted to do with that time. Um, so I just used that furlough money and started the e-com agency in Vogue in nice. a quick nutshell. Love that. That's in, that's interesting. So um, you you want it's it's so many people kind of had that same position with uh, furlough and furlough for anybody who's watching this from the US. What furlough was, and then you might have had something similar when COVID hit and the lockdown came. Um, a lot a lot of business, well, all businesses essentially nobody could come in. So lots of people were just getting paid their, their the same money they'd be getting paid, but just kind of not actually having to work essentially. Um, so lots lots of people just sat on their asses and didn't really do an awful lot like lots of people mm -hmm. in the uk were like this is a holiday this is awesome like it's just like going back to school having your school holidays and not having to do anything so they sat on their asses playing xbox like doing sweet fa i was preaching at this time like this is a huge opportunity you are never going to get this again you're one of those people that actually did that you actually you decided to put in work so what was your thought process during that process, while I'm sure many of your friends, correct me if I'm wrong, were doing the opposite and actually just using it as a time to lounge. Yeah, I think that was a time when like FIFA and COD was and Fortnite was popping off. So all my yeah. friends were on, on yeah. Fortnite back back in those days. I was just miserable, to be honest with you. It was like long hours in corporate sales. I know you used to work in sales. Long hours, I was absolutely miserable. I was getting paid like rubbish wage. It was a heavily commission-based. And as a new, as a like rookie in sales, like it takes you a bit of time to kind of adapt, right? So I did that for about five, six months. And that was probably one of the most miserable parts of my life, basically, that, that five, six months. I was still lost. I was literally just doing it to make money. Wasn't even making money that, at that point. I was just on a basic wage, like 1,400 pounds. So then I was debating quitting anyways. 
because I knew about the whole SMA space. I've been following your, yourself and a few other guys in the industry for a while whilst I was at uni. Mm-hmm. I just never got the chance to actually start it. Um, so when the opportunity came, like I was debating quit and I was speaking with my family, like trying to debate just going all in to the agency or starting an agency, but I had no income. And then this opportunity happened where furlough off- offered me 70% of my wage to start a business. Like mm-hmm. that never happens, you know, like, so it was just, the alignment of the stars in, in a nutshell the, yeah. the universe basically kind of worked out in my favor despite how horrible the whole COVID situation was for me personally it um it aligned like everything really nicely so i got yeah. paid to start a business almost which never happens yeah um so that's yeah that's basically where where that came from that's awesome man it expedited your goals basically so so yeah. so I, I imagine that the first, correct me if I'm wrong, couple of months weren't like an, a, an easy growth period. And there was a lot of learning curve there. What did that look like for you? So you jumped in the course, you you started learning about social media marketing. Like what was the, the, the kind of process like on getting your first time? Outreach. I was outreach on everything. I didn't do cold calls. I was just outreach on everything. It took me four months to sign my first client. Sales from Instagram outreach, I didn't even have a lem list back then. So I was doing everything manually through Google. I bought multiple Google domains. So I was just testing multiple different um, like domains. So I was just leveraging outreach base. That's all I could do. Um, I was outreaching for four months. And then all of a sudden I got my first client. I remember the exact date, 1st July, 2020. So I'm a first client for a thousand pounds. And that was like a proof of concept moment. Do you know what I mean? And then after that, three weeks later, I signed another two clients in the same week. So I went from like zero because I used my further money basically on like a course and like all the other admin stuff. And then I went to like 3,300 pounds monthly reoccurring revenue in a space of like four months total, but like in three weeks, like my income completely changed. And it was just like the compound effect from the outreach from like the four months prior. So that was like a crazy, crazy moment. I still remember those exact sales calls at the back of my head because it was just a crazy moment for me. Why, why didn't you do cold calling at the, at the start? I went straight into e-com to miss you. I don't okay. know why. It probably would have made more sense to go lead gen. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I was always infatuated by e-commerce. Mm. I tried dropshipping in university, long story short. It didn't work out. Um, and I was always infatuated by the whole e-com world. So I never went down the whole call, down the cold calling route, no. Um, it was just straight emails, Instagram DMs, voice notes on DMs. And then I did um, like cold looms as well. Yeah. And you're one of the unicorns I talk about that jumped straight into e-com and actually pulled it off. Like that's like a, a, a one in 100 situation. Most people jump into e-com straight away for flat on their ass and they should go into it. So anyone watching this, I would not recommend doing that. But like, yeah. so, so you then signed clients though, but then getting results for those clients, what was that like straight away? Being so, e-com. Yeah, I had a media buyer basically. Um I was always a decent people person. So I, I managed to convince a media buyer at the time that um, like I had a few clients that were in the pipeline, ready to sign. I'm just waiting to get the dotted line. So I had him in my corner. So whenever I did jump on a sales call, like I had him to like relay information before the call. So he'd almost mm-hmm. prep me and we built a little bit of a good relationship from that. Um, and he was an experienced media buyer basically. So he did massively help me at that time. So when I did sign the first client, he basically jumped in the account straight away and then I learned from him. So I didn't run ads for my first client. I basically learned from him. And then I started to like manage ads later on down the line. Um, so I, yeah, that massively helped me. Interesting. So 
that I mean that was like your education process when it came like because I, I can only teach people so much theory and you can only watch, learn so much on course but really it's not until you actually sign a client that you get that confidence it's interesting though that you then decided to start running ads yourself um, do you think there's a negative to to outsourcing straight away do you think there's merit in learning it yourself and, and, and what well, yeah where's your thought process there I definitely feel there's a massive benefit to learning at first learning the skills and then delegate Personally, at that time and moment, I was four months past furlough. So the, the money was finished. I had to keep this client. Like mm. this was a thousand pound client. It covered all my expenses. I was living at home at the time. So I mm. had to keep this client. So it was almost in a place of like, I cannot lose this client. So the best options for me was, all right, I can you know use it as trial and error, test it myself and you know hopefully do a really great job or I can have someone that's seasoned come in i know it's secure it left me a lot more time to then focus on bringing more clients um which did happen the next two weeks and then i then started to jump in the accounts and like work my way around the algorithm itself or the ecosystem itself so i think time to question it really depends on the, the individual and their situation and you know what their kind of learning curve is because i'm not a technical person at all like i know i'm in the whole e-com space i'm more like relationship sales like branding marketing i'm not really a technical person so i learned i learned best from like just kind of shadowing someone which is what i did yeah. with uh with that media buyer at the time that makes perfect sense so you 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 had the fortune that when you started the agency you had that intrinsic sales mindset that you knew outreach 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 like anybody who's ever worked in sales it gets it ran down their throat numbers 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 that's all it always stands to um do you do you think that working in sales beforehand gave you an unfair advantage when it came to your outreach and was there anything that you took from what you were doing in sales previous and implemented into your agency the tenacity. I think it did help me because I was doing cold calls and like when I was working in recruitment and sales, I was doing cold calls. And then the firm that I was in, everyone's phone screen times and the numbers, the dials was like on a massive board. So everyone could see each other's numbers. So that competitive environment was, it was very intense, right? So everyone could see, if you weren't picking up the phone enough, the whole office could see you. So it's mm. almost like, especially as a rookie, it was almost frowned upon if you weren't putting the numbers. That's literally all I did. It's just bang out phone calls, bang out cold calls, looking at like databases and like kind of pitching um, like founders from there. So that tenacity I basically used in, um, in, in outreach, right? Like the whole pipeline management, all that kind of thing. I learned those skills there. There's miserable as miserable as, as I was in that world, it did give me massive skills to use into this world. So maybe, yeah, it was a bit of an unfair advantage, but that tenacity that I learned there and the fact that I just really didn't want to go back to that environment, like I kind of use that to fuel outreach, basically. Yeah, it's pretty much an identical situation as myself when I first started. It's like yeah. it's so important, and it's and it's one of the hardest things to get across to new start agency owners is that resilience and consistency that you need to your sales targets and, and being able to be told no. By the time you started your agency, you've been told no a thousand times by a thousand different people, right? And so you already understand that's part of a learning situation, uh, it's part of the learning curve. But if you've only just started an agency, that's a very hard thing to overcome. What would you say to somebody that's maybe started an agency right now, they're sticking to their outreach or their sporadic outreach and they're struggling with rejection struggling getting that first client i'd say reverse engineering process you you've spoken about a few times a bunch of people have like reverse engineering process so my process at the time was you know cold dms or cold emails to like a a, a reply asking to sell, sell send a loom basically right so 
if I'm getting on sales calls and they weren't closing, I know it's a sales problem. If I was getting loom requests constantly every single day, I'll then know there's some sort of you know need for it in the market, right? So if I could see that I wasn't closing clients, I was getting rejected, but I was still getting loom requests, then that's like your proof in the pudding that you just the next call could be the next one. Do you know what I mean? So I would just reverse engineer that process. If you're not getting loom requests, then look at your emails and your your first cold messages in those touch points. So just test different variations to see what works best with the niche that you're targeting, and yeah. then like make iterations from there. That's what I've seen worked. It worked what well, worked for me at the time. But like the first four months. Again, like I wasn't even getting loom requests for the first few few months itself. Like I had my parents looking at me thinking, like, is this is this a wise decision? Maybe you need to change strategies. Um, but I was just implementing everything I was learning. I was everything I was absorbing on like podcasts, YouTube videos. I was just testing everything. Like I had nothing to lose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like literally the, the loom that I sent, the the business owner loved it, jumped on a call, closed on the one call, and then that was like 12 sales calls later. I closed the client. So you got you got that first client though, and then you you signed up two free extra clients like within the next like two months, right? So so what had changed in that period that enabled you? Do you think it's subconscious confidence that you gained from signing that first client that enabled you to get those up next, or did something change? Did you implement something different and enabled you then to sign up second, third, and fourth essentially within the next couple of months? I think it was confidence. It was literally two weeks. I saw my first client on the 1st of July. The next client that came on the 16th of July, mm-hmm. which was my brother's birthday. And then the client after that came on the 20th of July. So it was literally in the case of like four weeks, three, four weeks. Yeah. Um, and on those sales calls, I don't, I still have the recordings. I didn't do much different. I check, I check it out every now and then. I think mm-hmm. I was just more confident and I had a bit more conviction when I was doing the pricing. But besides that, like knowledge wise, like obviously I onboarded the media buy onto the account. So I, Technically, I didn't really do much in that space of time. I think it was just more the confidence um, that it actually worked, the proof of concept moment. It's also just having that compound, compounding sales, that outreach that you've done previous, those clients that have got back to you or maybe just responded to a follow-up. That's like, 100%. yeah, something not to be turned your nose up at. So you, you, you've grown the agency. You're at this point when you're starting to make money in the e-com, in the e-com agency and at some point during this journey, you've seen another opportunity in OnlyFans. How did that come up and, and what did that look like? And why why start two agencies and not just continue out on one? Yeah, it was random. It wasn't intentional. So whenever I posted like e-com results on my main Instagram story, back in my days, so I went to the University of Newcastle. Anyone that knows Newcastle, it's party city. So through those university days, a bunch of the hostesses that used to work with me as a promoter turned to OnlyFans. Mm. So when I then started posting e-com results and like, you know, this ROAS and spent this, turned it to this, I had like a bunch of inquiries and I turned it away for like a good six, seven months. Um, until one day I was like, you know what, why not? You know what I mean? Um, it's a bit annoying because you don't really charge retainers in the front end. It's pretty much commission-based. But um, I thought, why not? And selling in that industry is a lot easier than selling like an e-com product, you know, and the margins are like 80%. Only fans take 20%, but their margins are a lot more healthier. So I thought, why not? Um, talk on that creator. I knew her personally from a uni day. So there was no like pressure or anything like that. She was just literally, literally like, just see what you can do with your marketing experience. And it was pretty much all organic. And then we scaled very, very quickly, quicker than she expected, quicker than I expected. And then again, it was almost like another proof of concept moment. I was like, huh, so this is interesting. And then we just started to bring on more creators. 
I didn't really want my e-com clients to kind of clash with like OnlyFans creators and OnlyFans clients. So then I just created a separate agency called Only Astra, and um, and then started bringing on like more models from there, basically. Nice. So what is the so you had to learn an entirely new acquisition strategy, presumably for OnlyFans. What did that look like? Did you just lead generation and email, or did you did you build an entirely new system? In terms of finding creators? In terms of, yeah, in terms of actually acquiring new customers. It was pretty much Instagram DMs. Um, so nothing to do with emails. Through the whole kind of e-com journey, I'd always like documented my journey, like whenever I went on trips, I'd document stuff. So I had a bit of proof of concept or social proof, one would say, on like my Instagram and stuff. So maybe that helped with outreach. Um, and I was just targeting OF creators that weren't making as much. You can tell by that when they say top, x percent if they're less than top five percent they're not making that much money they're making less than a thousand dollars a month so i was targeting those um actual creators that i knew it could help and because i had a case study of someone that was that we scaled you know mm-hmm. i just leveraged that to those new to those other creators that i was dming nice love that presumably you can't run ads it's just a, a pure <laughs> what's the strategy look like you can run ads but on different type of websites. Uh, yeah, I personally, we haven't, we haven't done that. Um, it's more, it's all organic, right? It's a mixture of dating apps. It's a mixture of, it's a lot more technical because there's a lot more bands that come with it. It's heavily TikTok based. TikTok, incredible organic source. Mm. Um, it's a mixture of like dating apps, TikTok, Twitter, because Twitter, Twitter's completely uncensored. It's just all yeah. organic channels basically, right? And the biggest thing I found in this market is that a lot of these creators went into this space to create content but 90% of them don't know how to market, right? Or just don't have the time to market. So obviously that's marketing is all I've done for the last two, three years. Um, and I just saw like, wow, okay, I could actually probably do a decent job in this industry. So that's basically how that came about. Um, and it's pretty much all organic, all organic traffic. Yeah, love that. It's interesting how opportunity breeds opportunity, isn't it? And we're about to start in the original e-com agency. This opportunity would have never come about. 100% because it's all transferable. Like all the skills I learned in e-com, like Loom, Loom audits. Like I was doing, I was basically building funnels as part of my outreach strategy for OnlyFans. And I was just funneling from like cold top of funnel traffic from like TikTok. I was showing the creator on a Loom video exactly how to turn them into like paying subscribers, which is everything I learned in e-com from top of funnel to middle of funnel retargeting to a purchase, which is the exact same principle. So it applies everywhere. Nice. What is that agency making now on a monthly basis? So in October, we did around eight, eight and a half profit. This month in November, I'm expected to do 12. Nice. Is that just the OnlyFans agency or is that including the e-com agency as well? That's just OnlyFans. Invogue has dropped. Um, Last month, we did around seven. This month with commissions, ROAS, we should do about eight to nine. It was doing about 20 um, a few months ago when I did transition to like OnlyFans, split focus. But um, I'm just currently looking to maintain in vogue, basically, right? Interesting. So you're at around 20K revenue for, for the combined. What? It's interesting that you want to maintain both of those businesses. What is your thought process on maintaining both and not just going all in on one of them? Because I think e commerce provided such a complete change of life. And I don't want to step out the door. Um, and we do have a, a solid base of clients right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are all on ROAS deals. So over the last... The last six months, we, we did lose a bunch. Um, but over the last two, three months, we have like kind of recouped our client roster right now. So we're now 
back at a decent point. So I'm looking just to maintain that now and just kind of build those longer term with those relationships. So that will be like my cash cow kind of business. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere between like eight to eight to ten k per month, I'd be happy with. Mm-hmm. That will kind of sustain everything for me in my life. And then the OnlyFans, I want to go like really aggressive with it. Like I see the potential to push that to 30, 40, 50, 60K a month in the next few months, just because there's not that many good agencies out there. Um, there's a lot of agencies that have taken Andrew Tate's course and call themselves marketers. You know, I think he has it. He has yeah. a section in his course um, about OnlyFans. And he does it. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I've met a few guys in, in his course. I think it's, what's it called? Hustlers University. That's it. He has a he has a, he has a you can say whatever you're in. It's okay if you bought his course, man. I actually haven't, you know. It's only forty-seven dollars. <laughs> I probably should, to be fair, just to see. Um, yeah, fair. But yes, so I just see it as a as a good opportunity for me personally. So I want to go more aggressive with with the OnlyFans agency over the next few months. So how is like so? Obviously, going from I don't know what you what were you earning in your sales job beforehand. What was I earning? Yeah, what were you earning beforehand? Your- 20 k base. Yeah. So, so I mean, your, your 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 revenue was four x what you were earning at least, like what you were doing in in, in sales before. How was how was your life changed as far as your your personal life is concerned since starting your agency? Just so much more flexibility, to be honest with you. Um, big traveler, so I do travel when I can during the like quieter quieter quarters. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's changed too much. Obviously, I've mm-hmm. kind of reinvested quite a bit into it. I've made some wrong hires during the in vogue as well like a lot of big lessons learned have been burnt by team members as well mm-hmm. so i lost a bit of cash there but i don't know my lifestyle hasn't changed too much um besides like more the travel aspect sort of things yeah most of it is just kind of sitting in the agency really like most cash that comes through and a few investments but let's not talk about crypto <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not go there man don't worry you're not you're not on your own there <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah, interesting. Um, so, what's next for you? What what is the what are the what are the next steps? What is your plan to scale this this OnlyFans agency? Yeah, like I said, I think I I know for a fact in the next six months I'll take it to like 40, 50, 60k per month. Mm-hmm. What that does for me there, probably real estate. Um, still not one hundred percent sure. I just love the whole HD space, like the service based business. Mm-hmm. Literally, I use the cash from Invoke to kind of fast forward things in the in the OF space. But I didn't need to. It was just literally time for money. Personally, it's just to scale it as much as possible, really, and maybe build a bit more of a like, personal brand around that as well because it is a relatively new market to the whole SMA space, to the whole online space. Um, and even when I just post results nowadays, I get a whole bunch of like people hit me up asking about it. So when that kind of happens, I do see it's a, there's a, a mass potential for it to grow as well, you know? Awesome. Wicked, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. It's been great speaking to you. I'd like to finish these on, 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 on a similar question every time. I'd love to know that uh, what your advice would be to someone who is just now starting their agency. Maybe they've had a couple of weeks, they're struggling, they're kind of, is this the right thing for me? What would you say to someone in that position? I think think of why you're doing it. I don't want to go all physiological or psychological, what's it called, philosophy on it. Um, but think of why you're doing it. Think of Make it your your focus, right? Like you have to put in the reps, even if you're doing the work days, even outside the work days, just think of other ways that you can learn more through whether you're in the gym, like listen to podcasts, listen to like YouTube videos, just kind of subconsciously train your mind in, in the space that you're looking at, the agency you're looking at. If it's a Legion agency, Legion agency, like continuously have your mind like focused around that, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you're targeting a certain amount of clients, like just kind of surround yourself with that information as much as possible. 
and then it's all a matter of like how long can you go before um like never giving up basically because you only lose when you quit at the end of the day and just put in the reps like if you put in the reps it's pretty much impossible unless you're really really in a horrible niche to not sign a client or to not progress yeah put in the reps i like that put in the reps i haven't, I haven't heard someone say that before but yeah yeah i like Probably it from, from the from the football background let's put in the reps like <laughs> put in the reps yeah i like yeah. it man it's, it's it's nice i think it's really important and i and i agree with what you said about immersing yourself in whatever industry that you're you're going for i think it's really important and actually i i, I recorded a video this morning kind of preaching about this but more on the other side of focusing and immersing yourself in what in that one thing you're focusing on but not actually but filtering out the noise from everything else if you're going in on a lead gen agency don't be consuming loads of e-com agency content like if you're if you're watching things all the time about e-com then you're going to be thinking oh well maybe i should go to e-com because the lead gen thing isn't working right now you just need to stick to one thing immerse yourself in that put in the reps like you said and you are going to be successful eventually at the end of the day sales and any kind of sales-based industry it's physically impossible not to succeed unless you're truly screwing up your outreach and screwing up, screwing up your calls. But if you've got a good network of people around you or, or you've got accountability partners who are in your space that are doing the same thing, people to say, actually, you're doing something wrong, all you need to do is just put in consistency over time. 100%. Touch on that. If you're tracking what you're doing as well, like from an outreach perspective, you can see if Instagram isn't working. So then you know to focus your energy onto emails or to LinkedIn or whatever the platform may be. So track what you're doing as well because that will help you make decisions on what to like ex- exert on if that makes sense yeah agreed man agreed for sure if people want to check you out and want to follow your journey where can they find you i'll put some links in the description yeah just jermaine francois um my invoke agency is jermaine francois as a youtube my uh only fans agency is jermaine ofm on youtube building like a youtube personal brand results documented on there um but yeah it's just jermaine francois on all platforms nice man love it Pleasure to speak to you, dude. More to six, more success to you, more power. And yeah, we'll catch Appreciate up. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Look after yourself.